Grizzlies are back in action tonight against the Denver Nuggets. What did you make of that first game against the New Orleans Pelicans without Steven Adams in there who will uh, miss the entire season? And then tonight's game against the Nuggets. Yeah, and then, you know, in the week you get the Santi Aldama news yeah. too, and so you're without two of those bigs. And I think that's obviously going to play even bigger in, in the one tonight that you're talking about against Denver. Look, early in that game, I mean, Grizzlies had open threes, and they just could knock them down, and the Pelicans got hot. From one point, I think they were 8 of 16 at one point, right? And and the game just kind of flipped because both teams got open shots, and the Grizzlies just didn't knock theirs down. And, oh, by the way, you know, Luke Kennard gets in the concussion protocol, so you just, just add another one there. It's not the most optimal starts, and you knew anyway, right? Three games, four days to open it up. The Pelicans with a healthy Zion Williamson, the the defending champs, and a, and a quick road trip to D.C. It wasn't going to be easy, but with all the injuries and job suspension, is it's you know um, an eighty two game season. Let's let's remember that. That's that's right, Gary and, and Brian. And I both really did try to practice the patience yesterday. <laughs> a, a lot of people sure. aren't, and, and 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 that's a good thing too, Gary. I mean, we waited for so long. For, to, to, to go to opening night and tickets close to, good tickets for sure, close to impossible. We waited for so long to have our superstar player, John Morant. I don't want to lecture the fans about squeezing the team too tight and, and, and maybe having a freak out factor. Cause Gary, we saw it for a lot of years. We wanted somebody to care, much less freak out. That's true. And even in the, you know, core four years, Opening night everywhere for the Grizzlies has always been bad, you know, seemingly, right? I mean, the win-loss record, that is. Yeah. Um, You know, there was, you know, a big build-up to this. I I, I get it. Um, Excitement now, back-to-back, you know, seasons where you've won over 50. Expectations are a good thing. You know, Brett, you and I talk about that on different versions of sports and, and the places that we are. And, you know, you want those expectations, and, and then you got to go, and, and try and meet those. And I know that the fans, you know, expect them to, to win them all. It's just, that's not going to happen. But, um, you know, look, you got to see Marcus Smart for the first time in the Grizzly uniform in a meaningful mm-hmm. game. And the ovation for Derrick Rose was great. Um, and, and just unfortunately, now you, you, you lost that first one to the Pelicans, and, and you got to try and do whatever you can do tonight against Denver. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Gary, one of one of my favorite things kind of through this offseason, through training camp, through the preseason to kind of follow has been all the excitement around Zaire Williams and kind of uh, what the fans have been saying, what the team has been saying uh, about his jump that he can make this year. What have you thought about what he did during the preseason, uh, started in, in that first game? What do you think about him coming into this season? We've talked about it on some of the pregame shows, you know, the road games that, that I'm involved in, as to how sometimes you can really see from year one to year two in a professional league or a college league for that matter. Because, I mean, to be quite honest, when, when we get to the Ole Miss discussion, we're seeing that with Jackson Dart, I believe, yeah. quarterback. From year one to year two, some guys can just make that leap. The game slows down a little bit. You know, everything just kind of falls in place. And I think it looks like it has for Zaire. He said, early on that starting position was his he was going to go get it he was going to prove that he deserved it and i like what i see so far but again you know you you, you got to have him put it together for multiple times but right now he looks like he's that athletic wing guy can take it on the dribble can spot up and shoot 
can defend and do those things that you need that wing guy to do with Jaron Jackson, whoever takes control of that center spot, and then, you know, the guards as they play. I like it. And one thing that I do like is, you know, he's a guy that when when was drafted, people scratched their heads a little bit all across the country, but he's never had a lack of confidence. Even when it wasn't going well for him, I think Zaire's always believed in himself, and I think that's what's showing, at least through the preseason and now, you know, one NBA game. Yeah, you know, I love going for those box score nuggets in college football, running the ball, uh, both, both of us, third down conversion rate. Right. And this year, especially with the Steven Adams uh, void all year, and right now with Sante as well, the rebounding, it's going to be big. And the other night was the vicious cycle of the Grizzlies heaving a lot of threes, missing them, and not able to chase down the ball and get a rebound. Yeah, because the big Kiwi would grab all those, right? <laughs> or the or the majority of them, if he, he sure would. And you know, and and Jaron is not a guy that's typically going to go out and rebound you fifteen a night, ten a night. He's going to get you some, but he needs that other guy in there because a lot of times on the defensive end, he's there to protect and the rim and swat and maybe out of position to rebound, and that's to me where the Grizzlies missed that through the end of the regular season last year, and what you're going to see is is the big thing you miss from Steven. A, yes, the screens that he set, the way that he could pass the ball, but the way he could rebound it on either end. He might get him an easy look or get someone else an easy look on the offensive side, or he would grab that defensive board, the outlet pass, and get you on the run. I don't know you know, if Santi can do that when he's in, if X is the guy that can do that, they've They've got to get those guys when they're in there to concentrate on that. That's where you need to go, and that's just grab every rebound you can get. Talking about Steven Adams, I've heard a lot of people ever since that injury was announced talking about kind of the different options the Grizzlies have now that he's injured for the entire season, maybe going out free agency. There's some exemptions out there. You can go and make a trade. Uh, what do you see, if anything, the Grizzlies doing with Steven Adams out the entire season? Yeah, I wish I wish I knew, right? I wish I was in the room, yeah. will fly on the wall to know what they were saying and thinking uh, along the way. If it stay with the status quo and, and and you run with what you have, uh, Kenny Lofton Jr. maybe getting a few minutes, five six minutes somewhere in that mix, or if they do use some of those options, whether it's mid level or go make the trade, the exemption and the things that they have to bring in, because I think there are some teams out there that would make a deal the issue is what you have to give right and i think that's where they're thinking and and over the long haul they've been pretty good with all of this and i don't think they're gonna just drastically say oh we've got to go do something they've never to me been that right they've they've done what they thought was necessary to get the team better like last deadline they went and got a shooter and and luke Kennard, and that's where things went um so i i don't know if it'll be uh, something major or you you know the names have all been bounced around out there uh, uh, hopefully you know if if Aldama gets healthy they may try and see what happens with him in that spot maybe and then go from there okay the other night I, I think I, the the moment of the night you touched on it the introduction in the first time Derek Rhodes went yeah. to the scores table but I loved his reaction post game and Desmond Bain re- reaction post game coming off uh, the, the big moment for Rose and the big game for Desmond Bain. We're, we're not here for moments. We're here for games. I, I, I still like the, the, the eye of the tiger look for this team, even though been waylaid with the Steven Adams news. 
Sure. I mean, you know, it's been, you know, I mentioned earlier, the back-to-back seasons where they finished second in the West and the 50-plus wins, but the postseason hasn't gotten where they wanted, and natural progression, right? And for Des Bain, what is he thinking? Jaron Jackson, what are they thinking now in years four and five and where they are in their career? It's it's not just be in the playoffs, not just get to the second round. It's it's time to Make win noise. games and, and get on pass. And if you're at Derrick Rose's portion of his career, which is, you know, what what's left is is to be seen. He didn't he said it, right? Didn't come to Memphis to babysit. He didn't come to Memphis just to get a standing ovation. He came to Memphis to be a part of a winning organization and win basketball games. Marcus Smart is that same guy. Marcus Smart knows what it's like to get to finals and to play in those things. And uh, yeah, he was he was glad to play in the opener, but that's not what he wanted either. And I like that, Brett. I mean, you know, fans have the expectations, but nobody I think expects more than the guys themselves. And and you know, they knew with a better overall shooting performance that they could have won that that opener. Uh, a couple of nights ago, and and that's the goal. Not there's there's nothing as as far as emotion and oh yeah, it was nice. That's all good, but in the end, we're all about putting things in that left hand column, winning games and being one of the last teams to stand. That's that's what those guys are thinking. And you guys have been around sports enough to know the the competitiveness in the players on that level. It's it's unmatched. When they get to that professional level, they have one thing and one thing only, and that's to take care of business and win games. And I like to see that for sure. I do, I do too. Gary Darby, our guest. You can hear him tomorrow with me starting at 4.30. We'll be in the Grove for Ole Miss pregame, and you hear him on the Grizzlies radio network as well, and also on Monday nights with Rebel Yell Hotline. If I go through everywhere you can hear Gary Darby, we're going to go to about 7.30 tonight, and we don't have that much time. I, I, I literally just got an email from some guy named Gary Darby with the rundown tomorrow night for the Ole Miss pregame show. Gary, right. it is impressive how how you handle it all, and with little bitty children. Yeah, remind me of that one, why don't you? Yeah, um, yeah, because there's the nine to ten a.m. show that is uh, in North Mississippi as well. Right. Well, when once September kicked in, like until Ole Miss's football season's over, there is a radio show or a game every day. And of course, Brett, as you know, the the one time that there might not be a game, which is on Sundays, I coach baseball in a fall league, which really has my wife very happy. Uh, that the the one possible rest day uh, is not that for a couple of more weeks also. But I, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's 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 not a job. I put headphones on and can talk about it whatever noises. it is. Yeah, yeah. It makes and, and, and then you know, join guys like you on shows and and talk sports again and have fun with it. It's 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 been a a, a lucky long career for me to do these kinds of things. What did we do? What did we do to deserve though in our lives with all these West things? SEC West, NBA <laughs> Western Division. How did we get all these tough Wild Wild West? I don't know, and I am going to be interested if the NBA does expand. Right? Yeah. Um, the two are Western cities. How that affects things? Um, Give me and, East, and, and, yeah. like get rid of divisions in SEC football. Fine. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but you're right, it's always been in the West. And look, I grew up, you know, in that Major League Baseball world where the Cincinnati Reds were actually in the West, buddy. 
So, I've tried to explain this to Bryant. That, that one, once upon a time, the Atlanta Braves and the Cincinnati Reds, biggest rival were the Dodgers. It's hard to explain. Right. 100%. Yeah. So we have fallen into that Western division in a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, different world when the Braves and the and the Dodgers were rivals. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, before Trust us, both of us aren't lying to you. I may feel no. to you at times, Bryant, but Darbon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe both of y'all. I believe both of y'all. Uh, for this Grizzlies team, Gary, uh, I think, you know, me and Brett have talked about it. You mentioned it earlier. I mean, everybody knew that these first two games were going to be hard regardless of injuries or anything. I mean, New Orleans, last year before they suffered some injuries, they were one of the top three teams yeah. in the world. West and then the Nuggets obviously coming off um, of the the championship last year. Uh, the schedule gets a little easier after this game, and I think we'll see kind of this true Grizzlies teams in the next three or four games. I think you're right, but then you got the difficulty, right? They get done tonight. You get on a plane. You get to DC. Oh man, you yeah. lose you, and, and lose an hour to do it and play. And so that's the thing that sometimes people forget in this NBA grind. It's uh, it's a quick plane flight, do something, go. I get it. They're professionals. It's their job. It's it's what they do, and, and obviously they can do it, and it's not as hard on their body as it would be on, on poor old Darb here. <laughs> but, you know, the schedule will hopefully uh, work its way out. Hopefully you'll get, you know, a couple of pieces healthy uh, with, with Luke and mm-hmm. with Aldama and get them back, and, and let's get into the flow of this thing, right? Because yeah. Marcus Smart really hasn't been with these guys a lot. You got to get him working in there, in that flow of things, and see how it all goes. And uh, you know, look, uh, the, the one thing that I learned it took a little while coming from you know a college situation for a while where you've got 28 regular season games to know that there's 82 to realize. Mm-hmm. No, you don't want to open up 0 and 2 or 0 and 3, or you don't even want to be 1 and 2 by the end of this weekend, but you have time to make it up in an 82-game schedule. I know fans don't want to hear that either. Um, but, you know, you do have that possibility. You know, the thing is, you know, you got to do everything you can do, get job back, get in here after 25 games, and then, you know, make that, that big push. And, and again, you know, we've talked about it, and I think the big thing lies around what happens with that center position more than anything. Yeah. Absolutely. Gary Darby with us, and tomorrow we, Ole Miss will play Vanderbilt, and then after that it's Texas A&M at home, and then on the road at Georgia, Lou Monroe in Oxford, and then Thanksgiving night in Starkville against Mississippi State. Coach Lane Kiffin's always about one game at a time, one and oh this week. Well, that's that's for the coaches and the coaching staff, the fans. <laughs> After last week, it's dreaming time, you know, and, and doing W's and L's the rest of the way. But I, I tell everyone, remember last year, eight and one, and then that collapse at the end of the year. But Gary, where do you think Ole Miss fans are? Uh, this, this going to be a good year? This going to be a great year? This going to be a magic carpet ride? Could this be this year's version of TCU? Where do you think most are? All are already wondering if it's going to be 230 in Athens. Uh, with Georgia on for like four straight weeks on CBS, or uh, will ESPN say, look, Herb Street and the number one team is going to call the game at 6 o'clock in Athens because they've already penciled in Ole Miss winning tomorrow. They've already penciled in Ole Miss winning at 11 a.m. next week against A&M and having a top-ten matchup in Athens, GA. They just want to know what time it is and feel like they got a shot. Uh, you know, uh, if Bowers is out and doesn't come back, look, the Ole Miss people – that I've talked to, I mean, Brett, they're looking at that huge picture. 
and we were you, you were doing it last year too, right? You were at when you were sitting there going into yeah, the Alabama game. They were all we, you know, they were we were doing the same thing, um, and I, I I don't know, you know, well, I think we should all agree that tomorrow Ole Miss should win the game against Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. and then you see what happens against Texas A and M before you, to me, really start, you know, worrying about Athens and worrying about what it could be, but. You know, there is a path. There is a a road. It's curvy, but there's there's possibilities there. And I, and I think you know, as as a fan, it's hard not to look at that and think what you could be. Because if you look at the rest of the schedule, except for that Georgia game, Ole Miss is going to be favored in all of those games, and maybe favored by touchdown or so in all those games. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I, I would, yes. and, and I, I don't think the Georgia uh, uh, they will be favored, but I don't think it's going to be twelve or thirteen. I don't think it'll be double digits at all. No, not like it is, and I know the Florida it's in Jacksonville or whatever, but I don't think it'll be anything like that or or any of, of, of the others. I think it'll be, I think could be wrong, a single digit deal. You know, unless Ole Miss does slip up uh, against A and M and lose that game, but but as you and I, you know, know and sitting and watching the difference in that Ole Miss team that lost those games at the end, and we've said it almost all year long. There's not that superstar guy on defense. There's not that one quote. He's going to make a difference by himself in the game. It's a game plan deep. around. They're deep, right? There's they're they're deeper. I think on on both sides of the ball, but especially defensively, where they're rotating double-digit guys in on the defensive line. They're rotating guys in and out on all of the spots. And so in the fourth quarter, whereas last year we were talking about how they were, you know, barely outscoring the opponent in the fourth quarter, they're doubling the opponent point total in the fourth quarter. And that's why they've won games that they might not have won last year, like at Tulane, like beating LSU, beating Arkansas. You know, uh, maybe even that Auburn game, they probably wouldn't have won those four and even a year ago. But I think that's because they're a little bit deeper in what they can do. And that's why I think we're all looking a little bit as to what could be if, if this all holds true. Yeah, well, it should be a, a fun game for the Rebels tomorrow uh, against Vanderbilt. But, Gary, thank you so much for joining us. And let's do this again soon. Certainly. I appreciate Thanks, Gary. Thank you, thank you, Gary. Gary Darby with us, and I will be with him tomorrow yeah, at 4.30 from the Grove as we come on there then, and then 6, 6.30 for kickoff, and really looking forward to being with Gary Darby, the busiest guy in the world <laughs> right now with the, the crossover time of year. Every Friday, every day, every day at this time, our sponsor is Hewlett Dunn. Last Friday, we, we, we had Charles Hall with us. It was so fun to visit with Charles. And in his team at Hewlett Dunn, Boot and Gene on the historic square in Carville, what they're doing, what they've done, and what Charles and Laura, what they've accomplished. Charles started working there in his teens, and now with his wife, Laura, they own the place known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team for any season. And we're going to need a good jacket next week, and that's the place to get it, is at Hewlett and Dunn. Western wear, work boots, safety toe or soft toe, they've got them. Rubber boots, boots for every occasion at Hewlett and Dunn. 
From head to toe, they have you covered with every brand imaginable. Dan Post, Anderson Bean, Ariat. Whether for men or for women, they've got it. Men's and women's clothing, jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duckhead collection you'll find in those great Filson jackets. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to come by and visit with them and look at it decorated for the Christmas season on the Collierville Square at 111 North Center Street. It looks like something out of Courier and Ives out in Collierville. Or go to HewlettDunn.com. Hats, sunglasses, boot care products, and every area team snapback. They've reordered all the cool hats you can think of. Razorbacks, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Tigers, Mississippi State, Grizzlies, and for the travel and for travel season, the bag selection, it's top notch at Hewlett Dunn. Go to HewlettDunn.com, but better yet, get by 111 North Center Street and, and visit them on the square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. Right, right now, if you just had to do W's and L's for Ole Miss the rest of the way, what, what, what would, what would you give it? Uh, v- v- Vandy tomorrow. Like, like we do in all that August picking. All what right. would you give for tomorrow? A W, for sure. A&M at home in Oxford. W. Georgia in Athens. L. Lou Monroe in Oxford. W. Mississippi State in Starkville Thanksgiving night. W, but easily could be an L. I, I, I'm with you on every, even on the reluctance on some, I, I, I'm with you on that. That would just be a great year. That That's 10-2, 9-3, and that would be two out of three regular seasons, 10-2 and two wow. for Lane Kiffin as head coach at Ole Miss. And last year, you know, just collapsed down the stretch. Sure. Sure. Uh, that, that, that would be, that would be a great year. And, and people can dream. You, yeah. I, I, I'm dreaming a little about Athens, but Gary's right. Take care of A&M before you do too, too much dreaming. Absolutely. One, one step at a time, one game at a time uh, for Ole Miss. But, but you're right. There's got to be that out there. I'm curious uh, for you, how much being around uh, fans down there in Oxford before games, after games, how much do you hear talk about what happened last year, that absolute, just like the collapse of last year, and, and people kind of saying, man, I, I don't know. This year could be like last year. We This is what we did last year before the collapse. How much do do you hear that? I hear it a lot. I think people are were burned by that last year. Yeah. Kind of were bracing for that to happen yeah. down the stretch in 2021, and it didn't. And mm-hmm. and then it happened last year. So now, you know, show me rather than tell me. I don't think there are many people. I, I don't know anybody talking college football playoffs. And when I when I've made the TCU comparisons, every time I've asked it in question form, why not? Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Why not? I mean, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, again, like you said, Texas A&M first, but that, uh, that Georgia game, uh, you circle that one. And, and if something happens there, I mean, free shot. it's a, it's a completely different conversation about this old Miss team than what we're having right now. Yeah. And, and it, it, it's been on the right side of, of some good breaks and mm-hmm. get, getting healthier. And I, I said it earlier in the week to somebody, I can't remember who, I think at this point in the year, Everybody would just pray for it. Give me good luck. Yeah. Give me no injuries. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. I think everyone can agree on that. Good luck and no injuries, and uh, you should be able to find some success. But let's go ahead and get to a break because on the other side, we've got to make our picks during the first National Bank and Trust Friday football forecast. Start your day with Sports 56 mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. 
Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Friday football forecast from First National Bank and Trust, a division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas. Real estate isn't something you purchase or develop or desire. It's something you appreciate, respect, and know. With real estate, there's no gray area. You either know it or you don't. First National Bank and Trust, a proud division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas. They've known it since their beginning in 1886. Clients depend on First National Bank because they know real estate. Brooks Winchester, Bill Samish, and many more can assist you in your acquisition of that hunting land, farmland, a construction project. Let First National Bank and Trust make your dreams a reality. 775 Ridge Lake Boulevard, Suite 140 in Memphis, 901-498-5763, or the office in Collierville, or online at fnbtmemphis.com. For commercial real estate, residential construction, or recreational and agriculture financing, let First National Bank and Trust help you. They're a division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas, where I have had an account, been a friend, and been a customer my entire life. Two great offices now in West Tennessee. And, and growing in one great place to do business. First National Bank and Trust in West Tennessee. First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas since 1886. Stable, secure, solid, reliable, consistent, and customer confidence. Uh, just uh, amazing what they, what they have built and will build through the years. We start with the Tigers, Bryant, 2 o'clock tomorrow on ESPN+. Plus. Memphis laying the big 7.5 on the road at North Texas. Remember, North Texas played Tulane really closely last week, 35-28, I think, 17-4 uh, all-time the Tigers over North Texas. The Mean Green, 13 300-yard games for Seth Hennigan. He's tied with Riley Ferguson for most in Tigers football history. North Texas head coach Eric Morrison is the seventh youngest at 37 in FBS. It's crowded at 37, but trust me, it works down to 7th youngest. Homecoming for North Texas. They've won six straight homecomings. 40,000 the enrollment at North Texas. Tigers laying 7.5. Proud Tiger graduate, Bryant Dacus. I'm going to go with the Tigers here. Uh, I liked them last week against UAB. I think North Texas is a very similar team to UAB offensively they're explosive they're exciting but defensively they leave a lot to be desired they're dead last in the FBS in uh, in allowed uh, rushing yards per game they give about 255 ish which is dead last in FBS and so I think Blake and we talked Watson, about it earlier uh-huh, here comes Blake Watson exactly Blake Watson Sutton Smith I think a big game for both of those guys and I think the Tigers can roll here you just need your defense we talked about it earlier we, you need the defense to step up um, unlike what Last week against UAB, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a big day potentially for Seth Hennigan with his wheels in both the run-pass option offense. I said Tiger graduate. You're a proud University of Memphis graduate. Right. The Tigers go with that. Give me Memphis. I'm going to lay the 7.5 as well. 2.30, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. 131st meeting, 91st in Jacksonville, Florida, 22-11 and 11 back to 1990. Guess what happened in 1990? Steve Spurrier arrived as the head mm. ball coach, and they've been 22-11 and 11 since. Graham Mertz, 76% completed passes this year. Much better Graham Mertz at Florida than at Wisconsin. I always will say they're playing at the Gator Bowl. 24-game winning streak for the Dogs, 36-1 and 1 in their last 37. 
Give me Georgia. Lay the 14 and a half. Give me Georgia. 35-17. And I forgot to give my score for the Tigers. 34-13 for the Memphis Tigers. Cocktail party. Who's your pick? I'm going to go with Florida. I, I don't know what to think about this Georgia team without Brock Bowers. And they've, they've just looked a little, a little lazy in some of these games. It looks like they know they're the number one team and that these opponents don't give them much of a, of a test. And, and they've, you've seen, uh, teams that should not cover against them cover with this being a, a rivalry game. Throw the records out. I think it's a close one. And I think, uh, I think Florida stays within that 14 and a half. 2.30 on SEC Network. Last week it was Ole Miss visiting the Plains. This week it's Mississippi State at Jordan-Hare Stadium. 2.30 kick, Auburn a six-and-a-half-point favorite. 65-29-2 all-time Auburn. Eight and six in the last 14. Auburn 21, uh, I'm sorry, 28-1 and since start of 2013 season when they score a non-offensive touchdown. Mike Wright became the 18th different starting quarterback last week in the SEC in their 11 o'clock game. And then in the 6.30 game, Robbie Ashford became the 19th different starting quarterback in the SEC last week. Jet Johnson and Nathaniel Watson, they picked up this year right where they left off last year. The senior duo finished last year first and second on the team in tackles, and that's where they are this year. Auburn minus six and a half over Mississippi State. Brian, it's your pick. I'm going to go with Auburn here. I still don't know if Will Rogers is going to start tomorrow or not, or if he'll play at all. If he does, how banged up will he be? If Mike Wright's back there, I really do like Mike Wright, but he didn't give you a ton last week against Arkansas. And so I'm going to go with Auburn here. Uh, minus six and a half. Maybe they can win by a touchdown, but it, this one really could be a close one. Our second group lock. We had the Tigers and the Tigers, Memphis Tigers that? and the Auburn Tigers. Give me Auburn as well. This year in college football, we're nine and nine when we both agree on the pick. Six o'clock on ESPN. Tennessee, four and a half point road favorite at Kroger Field at Kentucky. Tennessee leads the series all time, 83 to 26 to nine. They've won four of the last five since 1996. Tennessee has scored 45 points or more 11 times versus Big Blue. This is the 50th year of Kroger Field, opened this Commonwealth Stadium, but where they play in Lexington, very, very nice field. Uh, Kentucky, a uh, Kentucky win makes them bowl eligible for a school record eighth straight year. Tennessee laying the four and a half. Your Friday football forecast is? Tennessee, minus four and a half. I just haven't been sold with this Kentucky team. I know, uh, I know Tennessee lost last week to Alabama, but really looked good in that first half. I think if they can put it all together this week against Kentucky, uh, they get there. Okay, I'm going to take Kentucky plus the points, but Tennessee to win the game mm. narrowly. Last second game, 23-21. I like it. Two weeks in a row you've taken Tennessee. We'll see if it's two weeks in a row for Ole Miss. This for sure will get you locked out of the house with your mom and dad. If you take Tennessee and Ole Miss two weeks in a row, we shall see. 6.30 tomorrow night on SEC Network. Bryant, stay in the, play in the, stay in the house. Ole Miss minus 24 and a half over Vanderbilt. 98th meeting between those two. Not scheduled for anywhere next year though. Third most played series in the Ole Miss world state in LSU. One and two, 55 to 40 with two ties, 18 and two playing Vandy on homecoming. And that's what it is tomorrow in Oxford. Ole Miss, one of 10 teams nationally with two AP top 25 wins. Will Shepard, the great wide receiver for Vanderbilt, eight touchdowns, 574 yards receiving for Vanderbilt. I'm going to take Vanderbilt plus the 24 and a half. And I mean, thread the needle. Ole Miss wins. 
48-24, wow. and I get there by half. Your pick. Oh, anchor down. I'm taking Vandy, a massive number against Ole Miss, 24 and a half. And I was looking at this earlier today. Vanderbilt, although they haven't covered a ton, especially this year, they've only covered once, and it was this past weekend or their last game against uh, Georgia two weeks ago. While they haven't covered a lot, the last two years, I think when a spread is 20 or more points, uh, the only time they haven't covered that spread was once. So um, they they've been pretty good when the number is is so high, at least keeping it kind of uh, respectable to an extent. So I'll, I'll take Vanderbilt here. Um, I really like uh, the, this uh, this new young quarterback they've got in there uh, as their backup. I guess not young. He's been there for a while, but but Ken playing Seals, back yeah. at Ken Seals, that's right. I think he steady was really player. good. He's very steady player. So I, I think they can keep it somewhat close and, and cover the spread. I like your analysis, and we were pretty inconsistent consensus on that one. In fact, a lock. I, I have Vandy plus the 24 and a half. You as well. Tomorrow night, 6.30 on NBC. Saturday night on NBC College Football. Ohio State minus 14 and a half at Wisconsin. Luke Fickle against his alma mater. First time for Buckeyes in Camp Randall Stadium in eight years. Ohio State with nine straight over Wisconsin in this series, though. Buckeyes lead all time 62 to 18 to 5. Luke Fickle against his alma mater. Four, former Ohio State players historically against the Buckeyes. 5, 18, and 1. He makes it 6, 18, and 1. Straight up Wisconsin with the upset of the year in college football. We've been waiting on him. We talked earlier about it. It's been a fun year, but kind of a predictable year. Tomorrow night in Madison, Wisconsin, they beat Ohio State. Your pick. O-H, I'm going with Ohio State in this one. I, I, I There you go. I like this. I know uh, the drill here. Yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> I, I I like this Ohio State team. I know a lot of people say, you know, I kind of that eye test that they haven't really passed. A lot of injuries they've dealt with um, this year at some of their, uh, their offensive positions. But, you know, they have covered in games that they're supposed to cover. I know this will be a tough environment at Wisconsin. But I think coming uh, off of that win against Penn State, I think – Closer game than they probably wanted, even though it was a, a top 25 versus top 25 showdown. I think they go out and, and try to get a big win against Wisconsin. My college football shot first. Going shot first. Kansas straight up upset oh, over wow. Oklahoma. Give me that 10 and a half. Kansas wins straight up 41-35. My lock. Oregon minus six and a half over Utah. Oregon wins 28 to 10. Your college football lock and shot. My lock is going to be Oregon State minus three and a half on the road against Arizona. We've forgotten about Oregon State, how good that Pac-12 has been. Oregon State's right there, a really good season um, they've played so far. Going on the road to Arizona should be tough, but I think they can cover that three and a half. My shock, I'm going to go with Duke plus the six and a half against Louisville. Uh, we don't know if Riley Leonard is going to play yet. He's kind of day-to-day right now, but... We saw Duke last week. Riley Leonard played most of that game against Florida State, and they really it seemed like the better team for parts of that game against Florida State. Now, when Riley Leonard left, that's when the tires started to fall off. But I do think this Duke defense is good enough to keep them in a game no matter if Riley Leonard is playing or not. So I'll take them uh, plus 6.5 against Louisville. 
NFL noon on Sunday, Jacksonville minus two and a half in Pittsburgh at Acrisure Stadium, where the Allegheny, the Monongahela, joined to form the Ohio near Old Three River Stadium. Jacksonville leads the all-time series 14-13. It's 12-13 regular season, but 2-0 and Jags in the postseason. First meeting was 1995, a 20-16 win for the Jags, Neil O'Donnell versus Mark Brunel that day at quarterback. Pittsburgh wins on Sunday, 17-16. Give me the two and a half. I love it. I'm right there with you. I'm taking the Steelers in this one. I told you earlier this week, before I knew what games we were picking, that if Pittsburgh was on there as a home dog, I'm taking them no matter what. No analysis, nothing here. I'm taking the Steelers at home. Hard to beat them on the road. Noon on Fox at AT AT&T Stadium, Dallas minus six and a half over the Rams. Dallas leads all-time 19-18, 15-13 regular season, four and five in postseason. They first met in 1960. The Cowboys were an expansion team. 38-13 38-13 that day for the Rams over the expansion Cowboys. Frank Ryan at quarterback against Dandy Don Meredith. More famous for Monday Night Football, but a great quarterback in the day at SMU and for the Cowboys. All right, Bryant, turn on your Cowboys. Go ahead, pick the Rams. No, I'm not doing it. Give me Dallas minus six and a half. I have no reason. Go, boys. I'll be glad to do it. Rams straight wow. up 23-20. With the win over the Cowboys, 325 on CPS. San Francisco minus three and a half over Cincinnati at Levi Stadium, where Super Bowl 50 was held. These two teams have met twice in Super Bowls, with the 49ers getting narrow wins in both games. Four, uh, five points and four points, respectively, for Joe Montana over Cincinnati. 49ers lead 13-4 to all-time, 11-4 regular season, and those two big Super Bowl wins in the postseason. First played against each other in 1974. Paul Brown was coach of the Bengals that day against Dick Nolan. The quarterbacks that day, Kenny Anderson for the Bengals, and Joe Reed from Mississippi State, a Joe Reed mentioned today. Wow. Give me the Niners laying the three-and-a-half, winning 24-20. I'm going to go with Cincinnati here. There's so much uncertainty with this 49ers team uh, now that Brock Purdy uh, likely won't play out uh, for that game on Sunday. I'm going to take Cincinnati here. I-, I think San Francisco can still win this game, but I do like Cincinnati to at least keep it in that three and a half. We are in hurry up, no huddle mode. You're locking shot from the NFL. For my lock, I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks, minus three and a half at home against the Browns. The Browns were lucky last week. They won against the Colts. I don't think they get lucky again against the Seahawks. And for my shock, I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. Brett, I don't know if you've seen, they're rolling out the Oilers jerseys, the Oilers uniforms Beautiful. this weekend against the Falcons. I'm still not sold on this Atlanta team. So I'll Houston take the Oilers or Tennessee Oilers? They've been both. Great question. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the Titans or the Oilers, whatever you want to call them this Sunday, uh, plus the two and a half uh, at home against the Falcons. My NFL lock, Houston minus three and a half at Carolina. And my NFL shock, New England plus the nine and a half against Miami. That's been our Friday football forecast brought to you by our great friends at First National Bank and Trust, a proud division of First National Bank of Eastern Arkansas for real estate, whether it's ag, commercial, hunting, recreational, contact them at fnbt.com or call them at 901-498-5763. Well, let's go ahead and get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show. We'll wrap up the week with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. 
Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Once again, here are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. If I go crazy, then will you still call me You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. Hello, It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today is that the Memphis women's soccer team uh, won again last night. They've been remarkable this season, 15-1 and in the regular season as it came to an end last night with a 2-0 victory over Tulsa. The only loss this season was earlier in the year when they went down to Tuscaloosa and lost 2-1 to uh, 7th ranked at the time. Alabama right now the women's team number nine in the uh, in the polls the national poll so a really good series or a season but what I learned last night was for the first time in program history and the first time in AAC history the Memphis women's soccer team finished with a perfect conference schedule they were undefeated in conference play it's the first time that has happened in conference play in the AAC which is just remarkable they'll now go to the tournament uh, which starts uh, next Tuesday. They'll uh, play UAB in the first round, the 1-8 versus eight game. That game will be at 10 a.m. on Tuesday. So this Memphis women's team is really, really fun to watch. They're a great team. And uh, I advise everyone, Tuesday morning, to go to ESPN Plus and check this team out if you haven't. And the signs should say, we want Bama. We want a rematch. Should. We want them. Like all those signs at game day. That's we right. want Bama. What I learned, game one of the World Series tonight, the Sunshine State's Sunshine State. Uh, for sure with Texas and Arizona and the retractable roofs could play from now until spring training. Why don't we just do that? Best of 19, whatever it takes. Third franchise for Bruce Bochy to lead to a World Series, 1998 Padres. Of course, those three titles with the Giants, 10, 12, and 14. And this year with the Rangers, first manager in baseball history to accomplish this. Starting pitchers when he was the manager of the Padres in the 98 World Series against the Yankees, it was a Yankee sweep. David Wells on the mound for the Yankees and Kevin Brown on the mound for the Padres. I think Kevin Brown's still pitching in his pitch for everyone. He is the immaculate grid of baseball. (laughs) I love it. I love it. What I could have done without, uh, obviously, the Grizzlies about to tip off here in a couple of minutes against the Nuggets, an early tip here in Memphis against the Nuggets. But what I could have done without, we talked about it yesterday. We mentioned it a little earlier. um, But this injury report for the Grizzlies, it just seems like they continue to get banged up. Santi Aldama is still on there. Luke Kennard in concussion protocol will miss tonight. And also what I could have done without all of the overreactions on social 
social media I've seen over these last couple days about the injuries to this team, about Steven Adams missing the season. I've heard some people say that they should just try to make it through the season. What, is, what does that mean? This team is still a good team. They, they played one game, Brett. I mean, why are we making, let's just make it through the season. Let's just try to get through the season, and then we'll be fine next year. No, let's focus on this season. There are still really, really good players on this team, and I'm sure they'll find a way to make this team work, even though you don't have the rebounding of Steven Adams this year. Well, I think we've reached the point. It's what I could do without because it's getting tougher to defend Michigan with more and more oh, allegations coming out. And as I said earlier, Strong rumor of one SEC East team that finished strongly last year doing some of the same stuff. You knew we had to get to another one, and it's going to be more and more. But that doesn't comfort Michigan because now they have NCAA on campus. They're going to have FBI on the way. Uh, and who will be next in the sign-stealing scandal? It's getting ready to be a big story, and it's, it's no more kind of burying our heads in the sand about Michigan. I, I don't want to get too outraged over it, but it's – from a nothing story that I thought would be about two days, we're now into about five, yeah. or a week or so, rather. Yeah, Brett, I, I want it to be a quick story, but I just don't think it will be. I think Has it officially be- reached gate status? Is it Watergate? Mm. Is it Sandgate? Is it Stealing Gate? Michigate. Um, I, it's close. I, I, it's, it's really close, but I don't think this is going away, and we've talked about it all week. And I think it's because of the team that it's being accused of. You know, Big Blue, Michigan. This isn't, you know, this isn't Charlotte who's being accused of science doing. This is one of the biggest brands in college football in Michigan. And for that reason, I don't think this is going away. Where's G. Gordon Liddy when we need him to make it officially Watergate? Exactly. We never needed him. I'm sorry, we never needed G. Gordon Liddy. (laughs) No, we didn't. Uh, Where are you beaming? Uh, Right here, Toxford, to the best college town in the country for homecoming tomorrow at Ole Miss. Parade tonight, festivities, game tomorrow, 4.30 pregame. I'll be alongside our guest earlier, Gary Darby. Mm-hmm. Kickoff at 6.30 right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 with David Kellum. On play-by-play, Harry Harrison as the analyst and John Darnell from the sidelines. I'm going to beam to two places tonight. I'm going to do a little double doozy on the beam machine. I'm going to start off 6 p.m. tonight. George Mason versus West Virginia in a basketball exhibition. I want to see what this West Virginia basketball team looks like. Oh, Hug's not secret? there anymore. No, not super secret. Just a regular <laughs> exhibition. Gotcha. Right? And then I'm going to watch the first 30 minutes of that game and then beam to Charlotte, North Carolina for FAU versus Charlotte tonight. FAU, a small favorite on the road. was told earlier today that Ole Miss played Houston in their super secret, lost by four, and Kelvin Sampson told Chris Beard after the game, you got a tournament team. We'll keep a close eye on a lot tonight. The Grizzlies coming up in mere moments. Uh, Tomorrow night, down tomorrow, the Grizzlies tonight at FedEx Forum. Tomorrow night in the swamp in D.C. against the Wizards. Back at FedEx Forum on Monday night. Tigers mean green. Everything from top 25. Tennessee, Kentucky, Sunday in the NFL. 24 NBA games between now and the time we reassemble on Monday. And I think the best name in sports, the World Series. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a great week and a little bit of everything going on. So enjoy all of the action. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back here Monday afternoon. Talk then. 